This past Sunday, our executive pastor, Neil Marsh, led us just through an awesome study of Matthew chapter 18. On the podcast today, you will hear us talk about what it looks like to know and to be known as we grow as a disciple and follower of Jesus Christ. You will hear us wrestle with things like risk and what it looks like to be vulnerable and to enter into those deep relationships that include confession and transparency. It's a great discussion that ultimately helps us get a better grasp of how we connect uh, vulnerability and confession with what it looks like to grow as a disciple in the community of faith. So uh, we're so thankful you have joined us. This is After the Message. All right. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Hello. Hey, buddy. Uh, yeah, Lee Neal. That's nice. That's twice in a row. I think you did that last week to start it. Hey, uh, man, great to be here. Got some uh, new faces, old faces that are not really old people. I'm sorry. Wait, I have an old face. Uh, mm-hmm. Faces we hadn't seen in a while. Oh, yeah, not okay. what I heard. Namely, uh, our pastor, Josh Brady's back. Yes. Yes. <laughs> back in the game, baby. You don't know how hard it is to do this thing without you, man. What, man. dude? Come we on, all felt like Chicago me. Bulls without Michael Jordan. Whatever. Those, <laughs> get out of here. Those two years where they had to figure out how to limp along until <laughs> he came back, that's what we've been doing. <laughs> Whatever. Just figuring it out. <laughs> no way, dude. I'm so yeah. glad to be back. Uh, we're glad to have you back. And we have the one and only, Amy Elizabeth Cockroft. Hey. Almost say Amy Rigney. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Neil Marsh professor. Hello. The teacher. Dr. Stephen. Professor. Yes. Marsh. Neil Marsh. That's right. And Dr. Strange. Our, our next gen. Um, what do you call him? I don't know. Well, Muckety muck. More, something more <laughs> impressive than pastor. But our next gen pastor. The right reverend. The right reverend. <laughs> Whatever that is. Sean, <laughs> Sean Selman. So uh, good. I guess we'll just jump right in. Unless somebody has any fun stories from the weekend. No, I, you've been gone. I've you been gone two weeks. Little ministry cool leave. A few things that I've learned about myself. Oh, uh, right. Number one, well, I this am is a podcast not about the sermon. So built take it easy. to be a stay-at-home dad. <laughs> if we're knowing and being known by one another, yes. Uh, if we are being a little more curious about how we live life and how we are wired, uh, I think that my wife deserves way more than. Anything that she ever gets, mm. uh, it, she can name whatever she wants, and she can have it, and then some. That's why she opted for y'all to stay here I, for two weeks. That's exactly so right. Figure it out. Like that. One of my favorite moments, though, is uh, I forget why you were. Up, oh, you were dropping off uh, uh, Gideon, I believe, right? To right. Leave yeah. For, uh, to leave for Super Summer. Leave for Super Summer. My right. favorite moment. Josh rolls down the window <laughs> in the suburban, and all I hear is. Him <laughs> blasting at the top of his speakers. Yes. Let it go. Let it go. Frozen. <laughs> and actually, I think singing along with We were too, jamming, right? baby. Hey, look, when you're in, Let, you're can, in. Can I say that when you did that, I was like, that's a great dad. Right Man, there. come that's on. That's a great dad. We got our like, princess just, playlist. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. It was a cool moment. So to good. Uh, I've got just about the Little Mermaid. That's the one, the kick we're on right now. And, really? Um, I, got, I got a couple songs down, Pat. So if we that's ever need That's one of those. my favorite Disney's. Favorite Disney, Amy Elizabeth. Ooh, Lion King. Oh, all right. Anybody got anything different? Can I go Star Wars or Strictly Disney? Oh, no. Uh, Strictly Disney. Disney. Like like the original Disney. Like the uh, Tangled. Oh, oh. whoa, that came out of left field. That does not surprise anybody. I was not expecting that. (laughs) Hmm. I think mine would be The Little Mermaid. Hmm. Uh, Only because, you know, uh, I think I'd like fish, oceans, water. Uh, and there's something about some scary witch monster. Mm. Who okay, gets... side note, I met the lady who was the voice of Jodie Benson. Oh, wow. Of Ursula? From my 
No, dude. The Little Mermaid. <laughs> oh. oh. I don't know <laughs> who the people the are called. This is going to put the ball on the tee for Mark, but in show choir. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. that's how I'm going what did she take, sing with take you? your stabs. Put that in the pocket. I'll pull do? that out later. She asked for some coaching for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I was helping her out. Uh, okay. Sean, you're not getting out of it. I don't know. Uh, it can't be Star Wars. No. Star Wars is my favorite movie. Of course. Um, but it might be Frozen. His dog's name is Olaf. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do have a dog named Olaf. Um, I did like Frozen. Frozen was good, but yeah. I, I think I would go... Uh, uh, there's something about Snow White too, though. Oh, Snow White. You like the dwarves? I do. Yeah. I identify Way with, back there. with the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah, it's just fun stuff. All right. Um, Aladdin. Aladdin. Oh, that's a good that's one. A good Aladdin. One. Didn't even think one. about it. That one made yeah, yeah. me laugh more than any of them. Corey, no, what's yours, so buddy? Beauty yeah, and the Beast. That's what I was going to say. Beauty and the Beast is a really good one, too. Yeah. Yes. The beautiful picture of Stockholm Syndrome. It's so great. We absolutely <laughs> love it. <laughs> Fall in love with our captor and go back and marry him. It's a beautiful story. All right. All right. We're good. Thanks for the little side train. Let's get at it. Um, Neil, how you feel? I mean, you, you, man, he was comfortable, comfortable, happy with Yeah, it was a great morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was probably the first time in preaching and preaching especially at Broadmoor, but for me that it was like that that I believe that was the right mm-hmm. topic. Like that was that's so close to who I'm learning how to be. Right. Mm-hmm. So it it felt like God was really gracious in providing the scripture that was matching where to lead our people to understand relational health. Absolutely. Like all those things kind of converged for me right. in that process. No, I agree. And, and as you're saying that, I think one of the the tensions that we feel is how do you move relational health and connection connect it to our mission and our growth as disciples? Sometimes relational health, because it's so popular these days and trendy, it's all over mm-hmm. the secular world. So how do you connect the dot so that relational health is not just a, a feel-good sermon or just a self-help sermon, but how do you connect it to our mission? And man, I thought you hit it really, really hard there. Um, what did you guys see in that, like connecting... Mm-hmm relational health to our growth as disciples and making disciples. What did you hear in that sermon? Because I think it was all through there. Yeah, so I'll I'll jump in. I think my favorite thing, and I think it's kind of been said already, um, is Neil, knowing you, uh, we probably, of all of us in this room, you and I work uh, more closely together than than probably anyone else. So getting a chance to see you, um, how you live life, how you're wired, the things that you love, the things that maybe you don't love as much, um, and and how the Lord has grown you over these last two years of, of me knowing you, like there's sometimes whenever a, a communicator, a pastor, a preacher will get up and they'll communicate something, they'll preach a sermon, and it feels disconnected. It feels like, yeah, they're going to give us some information. Maybe it's going to be academic. Maybe they're maybe they have something good to give, but it it's not necessarily personal to them. Sometimes something feels so personal that it lacks information. Um, and what I saw yesterday was this beautiful uh, com- convergence of those two things of. What you preach, brother, I've watched you live out these last two years mm. uh, in, in the theological constructs that you gave us, but also in the very close um, journey with your dad and your mom and your family uh, and how you shared that, uh, but you shared it in a way that invited us into the bigger narrative of us being able to rest in Christ, but in that God has given us the beauty of community and how we can know and be known mm-hmm. by one another. So, so that's how I saw it. I saw yeah. it as something uh, beautifully, masterfully done and almost supernaturally done and how yeah. God uh, placed his hand over you, your story, uniquely driven, probably even events even up and through last week yeah. leading to Sunday. 
Absolutely. It was great. That's good. Yeah, and I appreciated the way you just started it by saying, like, we live out Jesus' mission together by cultivating healthy relationships. Because to your mm-hmm. point, Mark, like, I feel like because healthy relationships is so, like, a thing for mm-hmm. us. It's like, if we just all love each other and, like, live in harmony, then we're good. We're but all like, happier people. Yeah, right. but, like, the goal is... I mean, yes, we want healthy relationships, but really we want to bring glory to God. And, mm-hmm. like, we want to, like, live out Jesus' mission of making disciples and 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 bringing people to him through our healthy relationships. So it, it was almost like you just took us a step deeper. Yeah, like, hey, right. we know this is important. Like, healthy relationships, yes. But let's talk about why that's important and how we even get there. Yeah. And so I appreciated that. Like, from the get-go, you started with that, and I thought that was really great. No I, th- I think another thing, too, is not only does it lead us toward seeing God's glory and healthy community— but you also made a statement of connecting it back to really a theological premise in Genesis 3, mm-hmm. that left unto ourselves, basically, we're, we're done. We, we revert to that mm-hmm. Genesis 3 mindset of thinking we have to do it on our own and hiding, and mm-hmm. so, um, which doesn't put God's glory on display, shows no dependence on Him. So, so really, you, you did a really great job of tying it back to something we've talked about recently, um, but something that is foundational in Scripture, but then how does it also move us forward into healthy community, healthy relationships for the glory of God? So mm-hmm. so both mm-hmm. of those things, just excellent job. No yeah. doubt. Thank you. No doubt. On that topic um, of the vulnerability piece and being able to be open and honest how, how would you guys, would any of you, I'm sorry, Amy. It's okay. It's I can guys do, gender neutral. I can gender do neutral. that, yeah. You folks. Yeah. <laughs> Use guys. Use guys. Hey, when you think about your own spiritual journey, would, would any of you jump out there and say, hey, if I didn't have a, a brother or a sister who allowed me to be vulnerable, um, I might have missed this, or my life would have looked differently because of this, not just because I'd have been happier and healthier, but my discipleship process, my growth as a disciple was deeply impacted because of this relationship or this person in my life. Anybody have a jump? Because I've got one, but I, I'm Golly, really interested. We in can you. talk about that forever. Oh, well, good. We've got Somebody minutes. else go. I'm, I'm itching to talk. I hadn't talked in two weeks I, other than I, princess I'll, songs. Brief, brief, briefly. Um, my, Just let it go, Sean. My parent. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, my parents did a great job of that. Okay. Um, just, uh, putting things on the table, keeping things out in the open. They, they, they just modeled that well. Um, but I'm going to also go to my brother sitting across Mm -hmm. the room from me right here. Mm. Like we've, we've known each other for a while. That is no Marsh. Um, we've known each other for a while and I know you're growing in this, but you've modeled it for a long time. That's good. And, and so you... Just early on, the relationship that we developed, and you always ask good questions, right? And you always listen well. And so you've you've been practicing that, maybe even longer than you think you've been practicing that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so so I'm very appreciative of that, and I think I think I'm way further along, especially as a minister in my journey, having been impacted by your life in college years. Like so, thank thankful for you. Mm. So. Mm. 
That's yeah. sweet. That was. Did you pay him to say that? That's that emotional. Nice. Don't talk about that before we came. Yeah, in. Really like, emotional yeah. moment. Here. That is what that twenty dollars will get you. Yeah. That's, about as, that's, right. that's about as tender as we've been around here. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Sweet. Let me see if I can change it up real quick because I'm getting uncomfortable. So we can we can talk about other things too, though. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we so, could. Yeah, I'll go back to high school. Um, I was thinking about this. I, I had a buddy, Greg Quillen. Uh, we were in the same student ministry, and like. When I look at my kids, my boys especially, I think, Lord, please bring them a Greg. Oh, that's nice. That's cool. Because yeah. I, I was comfortable with who I was because he and I were so tight. We had each other's back no matter what. We confessed everything to each other. Mm. It was unconditional. We pushed each other. We encouraged each other. And I don't care you know, who was going to badmouth me or make fun of me or didn't think I was cool because I didn't do whatever. Me and Greg were brothers, mm. and it didn't matter. And and so when you talk about being emotionally healthy, having a brother that would come alongside you does so much for just the way that God that God uses the God <laughs> that one <laughs> the way God uses brothers to <laughs> stop laughing <laughs> the way He uses you uses guys like that to just really speak to your heart and, yeah. and calm you and give mm. you a settledness in the way you live your life really puts you in a, a really great position to grow and be discipled. And and it was just that for me. That's and, right. Um, I'm I feel praying like, that for my kids. I feel like you and I, Mark, have had this conversation before, just as we talk about like our kids, and specifically with Jordan, just because mm-hmm. of walking through life with Jordan. Mm-hmm. But like, I pray for our children, Sam and I, kids not not you and us Mike, but I pray for our kids like that obviously for their salvation yeah but almost as much as I pray for salvation is pray for people that will come alongside them yeah. and disciple them mm-hmm. and know them and see them and love them like mm-hmm. Sam and I want to say want to be that for them but in my own life I've had people right. specifically probably two people in my life who like know me and see things in me sometimes and will like call those things out and be mm-hmm. like, Hey, I noticed this about you. And they can do it in a way to when they call, when they name those things, I know they're coming at it in love, right. not like, mm-hmm. Hey, you, you know, that's trying right. to get me down or whatever. You and don't so, feel the urge to immediately put up the wall. And yeah, defend. that's right. It's right. like, Oh yeah. And so I would say, yes, like, for me personally, just having those those relationships in my life of people who have discipled me and loved me along the way and called things out, it's it's made such an impact on my life and who I am today that I pray hard mm-hmm. for my kids that, like, God would put those people like a Greg in right. their life um, who who will be that for yeah. them. Yep. I, was, um, I was thinking through the image of your kids, actually, as you were just talking. And the hearing read like on the hallway, <laughs> like his that that sweet tender voice of like asking why or like you that that why or yeah. can we? And I think for me the people who have been the most helpful as as those secondary voices mm-hmm. kind of end up being people who, if I could, maybe fathered me even alongside or mothered me because they gave me a safe relationship to ask why. Yeah. That's right. At the most tender like hey, and it's typically those things that I would ask are like hey mm. it's almost an embarrassing thing to say to like let someone in on the internal like tape that's in my head of hey what do you got I think this sometimes what do you 
do you guys struggle with that? Do you mm-hmm. have that same tape playing in your head? Mm-hmm. And I think I'm learning to let people in on those kind of things, which is bearing more fruit because it allows us to father or mother each other mm-hmm. um, to be a safe place to ask those kind of like curious, childlike why questions. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think those are so important. And I think what I, what I felt yesterday and even in this time now, I, I, what I hope and, and sensed is if you're listening and you're not experiencing that, I pray and sense that there's a, a stirring in your heart to say, man, I, I do want that. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm scared to death of it. I've run from it my whole life. And we even had instances yesterday of people mm-hmm. coming forward or, or initiating conversations to say, I, I know I've run from this my whole life, mm-hmm. but after today, I know I need it and, sure. and I want it. And, and I think that's just a work of the Holy Spirit as he uses scripture, mm-hmm. used you, Neil, to convict in a gracious, loving way that's not a thumb down, you better. It's, no, there's joy and freedom and mm-hmm. life when you have those kind of relationships and you allow people to see you on a deeper level. And so that's the difference between an invitation and a calling from the Lord versus a, a pushing and a pressure. That's and, right. Man, I sensed that yesterday. But I thought cool. it was cool too, like you being vulnerable, showing us a yes. check-in with your small group, because I think sometimes people um, may think that they're being discipled or have a um, relationship like that, but really it's more of like a, I'm managing you or um, right. or they don't, they think they can trust, and then maybe something happens and they lose trust. So, so you put up walls to be like, I can't do that again. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like yesterday was you helping us see how you can be vulnerable in a safe place, and and knowing just that those relationships take time. Like, I mean, it's not like you just all of a sudden mm-hmm. start doing that. Like, you you live some life together, do some life together, and. And you kind of like yep. Greg. You grew up together. Just like just kind of do those things. But there are two or three things that I, that are kind of assumptions that I wish I'd been more clear on. Is that is now okay time to go through those? Yeah, uh, yeah. If you want to host, do it. So one is the assumption that the holy that we're meeting in that context with believers. So the holy we sure. we believe as we're submitting to number one, we're in the Word in our lives. Number two is that the Holy Spirit's always working through those relationships to do that. That's Those are two assumptions that I don't think, if I could go back and say it differently, mm-hmm. like those things are necessary. It's not just a, like a therapy group. That's right. Those are not the, the chief ends of our group. Um, that's Those are two. Mm. The other one is that the need to be known and to have those safer relationships is, again, not the end goal. Mm-hmm. Right? And I don't think I made that really crystal clear like we did in our staff prayer time. Yeah. But it would have been that... The, the goal of this is that we are giving glory to God mm-hmm. and we're becoming more like Jesus. Yeah. But to me, those things require us to be known by each other so that those other intentions of the church actually are occurring. Right. I, I think that's a, that's a good point, and I think it's important for us just to press in a little bit more right here because I think that's really a valuable discussion. Um, because I've been guilty of this, even in my own relationships where vulnerability became the key component of the relationship and not my growth as a follower of Jesus. Mm. So we had, we had established trust and friendship to the point where, oh yeah, we can confess to each other. And it was like, okay, we've done our, 
we've done our job. Mm-hmm. We've confessed and been vulnerable. But how are you growing? But are that? we really changing? Yeah. You know, right. is, it, or is it like, yeah, I did it, you know, you whatever. Feel, you yeah, feel better yeah, about yeah, being yeah, a sinner. Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> at least somebody else is, uh, you sinning know, with is, you. is sitting with me and we all know it. But, um, and I think sometimes there's skepticism of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All those guys do is just get around and con- it's just confession and, you know, what what's really the end goal for them. And, and, and so I think you bring that up and that's a great point for us and you said it you kind of glanced at it but it's the chief end is not just confession um the goal is is for us to grow as disciples and to spur one another on accountability is not just for the purpose of making you feel guilty or making you feel more comfortable because you've confessed it's there's a deeper goal there yeah, to so, spur you on to do good yeah hey there was a part um we didn't really talk about this in the pregame chat either uh, but i think Unless I missed it, because I had to take a, the fun part of being just a dad on Sunday morning <laughs> is when go to the bathroom when your daughter needs to go potty, you get up and go potty, uh, and when you got to potty twice, you have to threaten them within an inch of their life. And so there was a time because sometimes you just have to let it go. People. Sometimes you just have to let it go, let it go. Um, <laughs> don't hold it back. You need to hold it back for another five minutes. Um, but we've we've talked about the importance of knowing and being known. You gave us a beautiful glimpse into your group and even gave us some handles. Uh, and I think we'll talk about this in, in just a few minutes on, on what, how does that group work? How do you get a group? Mm. Yeah. Like, how, how did you land with, with those two guys? Maybe not specifically, uh, if we want to protect them and all the, the people at play. But let's say, let's say we're, we're listening and you don't have one of those. Is it wise and prudent to be thoughtful on who you invite in? Yeah. What do you look for? And, and how do you know you have the people where I can confess those things? Mm-hmm. That's good. And know that it's safe, but also know that they're going to not just commiserate with me and try to make me feel better about me, right. but to spur counsel. me on to be holy and godly. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. good. So how do you do that? I'll tell you mine, and then I think Mark's been doing this longer than me, so I'll, he can have the final say. So is that because Mark's older wow. than me? Only because I'm old. older. <laughs> um, no, I mean, actually, Mark, though, for me, has been a key voice since I've been at Broadmoor. Like, the way in which you live your life always challenges me when we did foster care. Like, you you put a vision out for, for families, and you still do, of like, here's the gospel, let's do this, and also the way in which you, you engage groups. So for me... Um, I was in a season where I knew that the the task, the calling, the position that I was in, that I was incapable of doing that in a way, um, in a healthy way, and that the cost of me not being healthy in my marriage or as a pastor was too great. I could like, it was too important to be as healthy as possible. So for me, there were a few guys that we were already in the trenches together with mm-hmm. doing certain things. And I saw the fruit. I saw what they were submitting to. And I went, uh, I see evidence of mm. of God at work and those guys being submissive to the power of the Holy Spirit and to the Word. So for me, I went, those are the two. I want two or three of those people to, um, to be surrounded by, mm-hmm. to... Uh, for that particular, when we started off, it really was from to support me, but, right? But in essence, it evolved over time and became more of a mutual submission to one another. That's good. Um, so I heard I, in the trenches there, yeah, somebody that you were kind of already like I doing fighting, life with. We yeah. shared something mm-hmm. together. Um, now we, I would say we were doing life together it, in the life that we had in that circle. Right. 
Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be somebody that you would say that you you look to them and and they are living out what you believe the scriptures to be yeah, true. Yeah. And th- not perfect, but like well, nobody is. But in yeah. in the in that realm of when I watch them, I go, they are they are resolute on who they will submit to as Lord, mm-hmm. and and at all cost will be willing to confess. We willing to say, man, I'm sorry, I messed that up. Yeah. So they had a posture of all those things that I wanted to become. Mm-hmm. I, think I, I think that's right. Okay. So on on a granular level, without you know, don't, without leaving things unsaid, because maybe somebody in here is just like taking notes for the first time, trying to sort it out. You had two guys, males, that mm-hmm. met with you. Is mm-hmm. that a thing for you? For me, it is. So that's one piece, right? Mm-hmm. Same you, sex. You, yeah. For me, if you go back and listen to the sermon, though, I spent a lot of my time talking about my marriage too, right? Yep. Because what I discovered early on for me, and I'm still learning it, is it was leaving this gap where I would then go have these these conversations with these these men who were essential for me, and it'd be really easy for me to leave Jennifer out of that whole mm. thing, which is not leading to intimacy. It's not leading to me being able to then uh, love her sacrificially. Um, if we read through Ephesians and how mm-hmm. Paul sets that up. So for me, I had a gap that then, as she and I talked about it, I had to learn how to have similar conversations with my wife because I was leaving her out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you would say when you're talking about accountability groups or groups that are going to spur you on, you would say same same sex would be that's that I don't, I don't know the way to do it like that. Sure, that I, I think that's boundary. right. But that's as, right. as long as if somebody in here is listening and and they're trying to put this together for the first time, and we think, well, I have great friends who are here and there. I think that is wise, right? right. And I think there's a, another aspect that when I look at mine, I think it's important that when I when I'm looking at people that I want to trust myself to to submit myself to. Whether this is right or wrong, nobody's perfect. I don't believe that that you know this this idea of being utopian, right? Everything's going to be perfect. Um, but I want to be like them when I grow up, right? So I want I want to look at them, and be like, man, I want to be like you when I get down the road. What's the old saying that if you want to see your future, look at your friends, mm. uh, and and that that is going to be essentially where you go. You are you are going to become the company that you keep. That's mm. something I preach to my fourteen year old boy, um, and that's something that I got to remember as a thirty nine year old man. Um, that that I will become the company that I keep, and I think that is that is valuable in the kingdom, um, and why Paul spends so much time writing and and saying, man, we this life is meant to to be shared, and it's meant to spur one another on. Yeah. Um, can I can I flip the other side of that though? Yeah. So so yes. So I think we're talking about two perspectives too, right? So what do I do with that the guy that comes up to me and goes, man, I really need this in my mm-hmm. life. Right. So I'm so I got I got somebody approaching me or or in your instance, you you said there's something that I want to be like these guys. Well, there's something on their end that goes, hey, I want I want to I want to either be like you or or there's there's this whole idea of, hey, you're wanting this and desiring this and I'm willing to walk alongside side of you. So you have kind of two pieces to the dynamic there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's more so I, I like your term of kind of mutually submissive to one another? Like, am I willing to um, be truthful and r- willing to to speak the truth, but to also love in, in even the hard moments? Mm-hmm. And so, so we're walking alongside one another in this, in this journey. I think, oh yeah. Okay. I will. Um, <laughs> I think, I think too, it's easy if you're living life with people already. Like you mentioned, you're in the trenches mm-hmm. with people 
and that's kind of how this came out with. Like I can imagine there's probably people listening or even who are there Sunday who are like, this all sounds great, but I feel really isolated. Like mm. I'm not a part of a group. I, I don't go to life group. I'm here by the skin of my teeth. I'm like barely keeping it together. Yeah. And I think if that's you or you find yourself there, that's the importance of coming. Any of us sitting in this room can help you do that. But that's the importance of like helping be a part of a life group here. Not that you have to be vulnerable and intimate with everybody. Or if you don't, if you don't go to Broadmoor and you live somewhere else, be a part of a group where you are. Because even in that place, you've got people who are teaching the word and submitting to God's word, and you'll find those people in those moments. And so I I think that it's important for us to just say that in case somebody's listening, who's like, I I got Mm -hmm. none of that. Like I I feel, man, I think that's such a good point. And you're so smart, Amy. But I, I, <laughs> I learned I, from you, Mark. <laughs> our wise counsel. <laughs> when um, one of the things that our groups, Pastor Jay Fletcher, continually refers to is smaller circles, mm. um, and sometimes to to be in what you feel like maybe you're not even in a circle, mm-hmm. or maybe your circle's really big. Take one step to get in a smaller circle right. and start right. rubbing shoulders and and find yourself in the trenches, living mm-hmm. life. And then keep getting that circle smaller where you, there's increased vulnerability and increased confession. And it's okay confession. for it to be like a trial and error kind of thing. Absolutely. Like you've got to live life with people before you know that you can be vulnerable and like trust them on, on a right. deeper level. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. I think, you, I think you pointed something to there in Jay. Like you have a groups pastor here that can actually help you start some of mm-hmm. those groups to give yeah. you some some guardrails, some handholds, to, to maybe even good questions to ask. Yep. Um, I think another thing is once you're in a life group, if you do take that step, you got to start having conversation. That's right. Like, I think one of the very practical things that happened in our life group the other day is somebody said, look, one of the things I think about is just my schedule and my time. And like, really the only time when I look at it, I mean, like I'm available at like 10 o'clock at night. And I was like, (laughs) done. I was like, well, great. I'm so glad you said that because there may be other people in the room that are available at 10 o'clock yeah, at night, uh-huh. right? And so you got to take the step of having the conversations of saying, hey, who else would like to do this? Mm. Like, are you available? Can you do breakfast? Can you do lunch? Are you available at 10 o'clock at night? <laughs> I'm not. Uh, me, I am not me, me either, right? at all. I'm, but, prime. I'm prime at 10, so but, call me. But no, you know, sir. There, there are people like that. And so... So you never know unless you're willing to have the conversation. That's right. That's so, good. Um, so just take those practical steps. But I do think in inside of your life groups is a prime place to look. Yeah. All right. So, one more practical step just because, all right, so we've talked about how to make a group, maybe the the makeup of that group. I think if you're talking accountability, confessional, being absolutely honest with each other, I, I do believe same gender is is a prudent and wise way to go. Is there a certain number that you you aim for? Um, if, if we're looking to this, right? So if, if we're trying to put this together, do I want, do I want my 10 guys or my 10 girls that, that, are, that are coming together? Or do I want two? What's your number? I, I'll tell you how we do it. Yeah. All right. So. Um, Who's we? Uh, Jay and I, when we talk about group settings here at Broadmoor. Yeah. Um, the smaller the circle, just by default, the more intimate it gets and the more confession and accountability that occurs in the smaller settings. I like um, at least three mm. because it feels more like a group. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then we 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 start to get a little hesitant when it gets larger than eight, nine-ish because then you can hide. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But just just by nature, a, a group of guys who sit around and talk as a group of eight around breakfast, mm-hmm. there's going to be great discussion there. Yeah. Just by nature, it's likely going to look different right. than three guys having different conversation in a more intimate setting. So uh, neither one of them are wrong or bad, but you just want to make sure you know yourself and you're not putting yourself in a position to hide by staying in a larger group. But you're given a range. Can Mm -hmm. I just press in for the the sake of this conversation? What is your number? Singular. This is where I'm hanging my hat. If I'm doing my life, I want this many people. Three to four. To know me. He said one. No, he said number. Three or four. Which three point five. Three and a half. <laughs> three and a half. I'm going five. You're going five. I'm going five. You got a rationale quickly? I do. Um what what I've discovered is four four to me is the magic <clears throat> the magic number. Like that's a really mm. good conversation. I would disagree, but go ahead. But but anyway. <laughs> oh, let's so, uh, let's do. But five five, <laughs> what I've discovered is is that people go through seasons of life, right? Oh uh, yeah. And so five gives you that you're gonna have that person that's gonna kind of because of schedule and other things is going to drift out of that yeah. and may be able to return to it. And then it may be another person's like this season is all, all messed up. And so we give you more consistency. At yeah, four if that's you have right. That. That's fair. That's right. absolutely so, fair. Because yeah. what we found is like when we were down smaller numbers and now two of us aren't able to meet, then the other two of us kind of go, uh, we're, yeah. we're not, we're not going to get, we're gonna, not going to meet. And, and I think so, to back the thing for two to me to build on what Mark said, what happens with two, one person ends up becoming the tendency the is we're tempted to become the mm-hmm. the right. sage and That's the other right. person is the the, the What sage, like the spice? Uh, no. <laughs> like Wisdom. one person is the what is okay. the Mark yeah. Evans, right. the counselor, <laughs> the wise the Obi Wan, the Obi Wan. Gandalf. Yeah, yeah. Gandalf. <laughs> yeah. So I, it just helps to avoid that if there's three. Mm-hmm. At least three. That's right. So what's your number? Three. Three is three. my number. Um and, and it's to your to Sean's point. I think you gotta have three that are in. Like That's yeah. right. we're it, we're in. This is Priority. Come, come yeah. something mm-hmm. in high water. Like mm-hmm. we're we're in this thing together, <laughs> right? right? Um, but I think because at two, you can also be the counselor, but you can also just kind of be the placator, right? So you can, oh man, you're having a bad day. I want to agree with you to make you feel better. I think you have that third guy uh, or that third person, right? Who who speaks in um, when the other one can, and you need that. You need somebody mm-hmm. to advocate for you to to be that shoulder to cry on, to be that whatever it's going to be. But you also need the other one to hold the line, yeah. and you all need to play that role. You know, need to know each other well, and I think that's important too. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I think it would be um, disingenuous to say that you can create a group of three and jump in first week and be like, "Man, this is going to be great." No, man, this is life together. Mm-hmm. Um, how long have you guys been meeting together? Uh, two and a half, three years. All right. And it probably is getting better every yeah. single time. Well, Sean had a conversation today. You want to talk about that conversation when we asked this kind of question in my office a while ago about oh, uh, um, how it starts off? Yeah. So um, just in a conversation that stemmed from the sermon yesterday about is this easy hmm. to begin with? Like, no, like, right. no, you no. get one, you got to be committed. But the other thing is I have to. Yeah, it's risky. There's it is a, risky. There's mm-hmm. a fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and the interesting thing, though, I would say that fear really never goes away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just you get in the practice of going, I'm going to I'm going to speak the truth to myself mm-hmm. that I need community. I, I need to be honest. I, I need these other people. Like. I trust them. I feel safe. Like, yeah. like, so I got to speak the truth because otherwise I'll give in to the fear and sure. the lies and those kinds of things. And every time I meet with that group, 
it, it causes me mm-hmm. to take a step of courage. I have to practice again. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it, well right. be honest. It was risky for you to get up and be vulnerable yesterday to the point yeah. that you were. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And that couldn't have felt. It's not like you got up there all giddy about being vulnerable. There had to be some risk uh, and fear. I had several even. people at every point. <laughs> abort, abort, like, <laughs> do we really want to show the video? Don't do it. No, yeah, don't yeah. Use, no. Can we just talk about that? I, I'm not even looking at Corey because I know he's giving me the signal of we got to wrap this thing up, but we're not getting off of this thing until we at least address the video, the dress, <laughs> at least address the the uncomfortable, tight nature of so the situation. Where do, want, where do you want to go with that? Uh, what are we doing? Man, what was that like? So just to I be... saw the first version of the yes. video clip. By the way, our media team at Broadmoor, like, yeah. incredible, like, incredible, so but. Good. They let you down. <laughs> <laughs> Did somebody so, was somebody not honest? So yes. he saw it. So I saw the video, the draft of the video, and immediately the first thought was, uh, "We got to reshoot that." Why? <laughs> because I looked like I looked. <laughs> what did you look like for somebody I, I who was, may not have been in the room? I was. Um, <laughs> you looked beautiful. You, you were a, handsome. I think who was it? Tim Hawkins. It's like I had a, a bag of gerbils in my shirt. <laughs> Um, no, that was Gary Mays. Yeah, 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 yeah. uh, and so it was not flattering to me. Uh, however, so it, like within 30 seconds of having that thought of like, oh, that's embarrassing, can't show it, was the, in my mind, I think the Holy Spirit, right, of saying, what's your topic again? Yeah. And you're going to make this about how you look in your pride mm-hmm. rather than being known by your people. And it was like immediately now a resolve of like, it didn't matter what the video looked like yes, anymore. Good. It was about the content. Mm. But it, 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 I had a few more moments the weeks leading up to it going, oh, mm. is there any way? We... It and awesome. it just, I kept bumping into that's a pride issue. Yeah. That's a pride mm. issue. And you're contradicting the gospel message that I put in front of you. So Which is interesting because, like, the things I've asked God to do, like, at different transitions, now God make me this, I'll be this kind of leader. His answer is always the same. That's not the way I've made you. That's not what I'm calling you toward. Hmm. I'm like, come on. <laughs> but <laughs> like, this is so good. Once. I want to be it. Yes. <laughs> and that's just not that's not the position, right? And um, it's too important. It's too important. Mm. That's right. I think, uh, man, that's to me, that's the perfect kind of period on this t- discussion is just the place of humility in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, man, we get so caught up in our pride and it drives so much of the way we think so subtle, even like where you wanted to reshoot it. That's a subtle thing there that you had to be sensitive to the spirit to catch that, to say, look, this is it. I mean, this is pride welling up in me to protect and to preserve and to deflect. And it's so second nature just to want to do that. If I could imagine the cost, right? So Let's say that I then look at our media team and then like require us to do that, right? Because positionally, mm-hmm. like that's possible. Oh, you can make that happen now. But what <laughs> big time now? But again, <laughs> like, but the message that sends to people who are in the, inside in the that's core right. of who they see or who I really am, right? Ah, that damages everything we're talking about. Right. Mm. Um, and so, literally, had to confess that to. Like, I went to Michael Bowen and said, "Hey, I need you to know this is inside of me right now, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry. Yep. And we're going to do whatever you want to do on this." Um, yes. That's why you're you, man. Yep. Great. Mm. Hey, we thank you for it. leading us. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. Truthfully, I don't get it very often, um, but thank you for giving me an opportunity just to come and sit under the word and under mm-hmm. teaching that uh, is God honoring and was really good for my family. Man. Um, you know, we had those conversations too. Uh, if people ever want to get a, a 
pull back behind the curtain because we practice this, you and mm-hmm. I and, and a couple other guys and, um, you know, some other men in my life, we practice this. And we have moments where I go back and Katie's like, okay, let's, let's do this. And I'm like, no, nah, I've done this a couple of times already. Thanks. <laughs> let's, let, what are we going to sing? Let it go. Let's do, let's do those things. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it is a beautiful reminder um, that before we are professional clergies, um, we are dads, we're moms, we are um, we're sons and daughters, we're all of these things first. Um, and if we aren't relationally healthy there, then, then we probably have no business trying to say that we are relationally healthy mm-hmm. from a platform or a stage. That's right. Um, and I think that is one of the, the greatest takeaways I took from yeah. yesterday. So thank you for that. Thank Good. you. Good stuff. That's a great time. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Hey, good Thanks job on the hosting. Come. Yeah. Ooh, God. Fantastic, Mark. Thank you. Good. Thank you so much. You didn't say anything inappropriate. On the, the air. On the air. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good. who's preaching next two weeks? Uh, your pastor's back. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm man. back in the saddle, baby. All right. It's going to be great. Good. Finishing up the relationship series. Yeah. So this week, uh, Zacchaeus. Uh, right. It's going to be a lot of fun. He was a wee little man. Yeah. Wee little man. I, hear. I like Zacchaeus. <laughs> and uh, hey, don't forget we have two mission trips out right now too. So uh, yep. keep praying for those. Mm. Sure will. It's good Thank stuff. You. All right, thanks Love you guys. guys. Love, Love you guys. guys. Y'all have a good day. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.